RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Mission Log Live is brought to you by Eagle Moss, Hero Collector, and their collection of exclusive Star Trek visual reference books and other great titles and gifts waiting for you at herocollector.com slash books. Use promo code MISSION10 at checkout for 10% off all books and graphic novels. Right now, in a parallel universe, someone is getting stabbed because they looked at someone kind of funny. It's much better to be here at 7 p.m. on the West Coast, and that means it's time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. I'm Holly Amos. Terra firma. More like terror firma. Am I right? Part one tonight with your comments and questions as we return to the Mirror Universe through a mysterious doorway watched over by a mysterious man reading a mysterious newspaper while he sits in an Adirondack chair. Was it an Adirondack chair? It was an Adirondack chair, yeah. I mean, the only mystery there is if it's one of those cheap ones from Home Depot or one of those expensive handmade ones. They only needed it for the shoot. So I'm just going to say they rented a cheap one. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But those mysteries and so much more will be discussed when you call us. You know what to do. You click on the Zoom meeting link or you use the one tap from your smartphone or you call us at 669-900-6833. In any case, make sure you enter the meeting code and the password. Then we'll all be talking about discovery together. How are you doing tonight, Holly? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Are you, are you sitting in an Adirondack chair, by the way? No, I'm sitting no? on okay. my couch. Okay, very good. <laughs> I'm also not in an Adirondack chair. I just thought that was a great choice uh, for Carl. There are many... I was... You know what? I was mm-hmm. paying such close attention to the newspaper. Did I you don't do even the think... whole, like, freeze frame and check out every little... Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I think we'll definitely be talking about that tonight, Uh, that and many, many more details. But uh, first, let's say hello to everybody who's joining us on Facebook right now. There's Barry. He says, very excited to watch tonight unfold. Uh, Yes, indeed. There's uh, Evelyn. There's Rhonda. There's Sam. uh, There's Barry again, just jumping in there twice early on. There's Carlos. There's Scott Palm. How are you? Uh, there is Sam, Sam, all caps, uh, with an exclamation. Good evening, John and Holly coming to you from my bed in the UK where it's 3 a.m. My God. Can I ask a question? Can I ask him a question? Yeah. Are you just, do you stay up that late? Or do you like set an alarm and be like, oh, it's time for Mission Log Live? That's, it, look, if it's 3 a.m. for me, that means I'm I'm coming at it from the previous night. I'm not setting an alarm for 3 a.m. But um, but Sam, thank you for joining us. Let us know. Holly wants to know what the deal <laughs> is here. Uh, there's Chris. Chris with, with the with the exclamations. John, Holly, Earl in all caps. Uh, great to see you. There's Dominic. Uh, there is Brian. There's Rick. Uh, you should say greetings and salutations, or should I say terra firma? Yes, you just said terra, terra firma. firma. <laughs> and um, there's Paul. There's other Paul. There's Kim. Uh, there. Oh, there's other Paul. Wow. All right, three of them right off the bat. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's just, right. So we could actually do a show now. There's John Arminio. Uh, there's Brian. Oh, Brian mm-hmm. writing everything backwards because. Mirror Universe. We're in the Mirror Universe. Yeah, very clever. I like that. And there's Alan, there's David. Uh, So great. So glad to see all of you. I look forward to tonight's conversation about uh, what's happening in the Mirror Universe. Um, Yeah. Oh, wait. And Paul says Carl with a C or Carl with a Q. 
Hmm. Maybe we'll discuss that when we get to our uh, our poll question. Uh, but before we get to that, just very quickly, a little update on what's coming up. So next week, Norman is back with Holly. And uh, I guess the only logical thing is to talk about Terra Firma Part 2. I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the first episode of the season was Part 1, and there is no Part 2 yet. Yeah, how nice of them to actually give us a part one and a part two back to back. <laughs> and like when it's a part know. one and no part two. And there's a right. part three of something else. That was nearly 30 years old. I love it. I love it. All right. And then this Thursday on Mission Log, Children of Time. Make sure you tune in for that. Just closing in so close to the end of season five of DS9. So uh, that will come out Thursday at 12 a.m. Pacific. And hey, before we get to Terra Firma Part 1, Holly, you can catch us all up on the poll question from last week, from this week. What do we got? Well, last week we asked what Saru's signature order should be. We got 297 votes. Uh, 9% of people say it should be hit it. 37% say execute. Uh, 10% say manifest. Manifest getting more than hit it is surprising <laughs> to me, but also like hit it was already used. So like, hit I get it, it. yeah. I, and, and Saru knows that that's already taken. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then carry on got 44%. So I, I mean, carry on won. And we don't, still don't know. He didn't, he didn't say anything in this episode. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I still think it's unfortunate know. that those, uh, those poll questions you're limited to space. Because what I, you know, I put in one vote, one write-in vote. I'm going to put in another write-in, and that'll just be double finger guns and Saru going pew, 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 right? So he gives an order, and then it just goes pew, 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 like that. Okay. I think that would be a great one. I think it would be perfect for him. <laughs> then that can be yours when you yeah, are well, the captain I'm, of a starship. I'm, but I'm giving it to Saru just in case, just in case he's stuck <laughs> and needs one then. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> this week we're asking, what is Carl? We have 102 votes. I mean, last time I looked, had 102 votes. 23% of you think that he's a Q. Uh, 34% thinks that he's guardian of forever. That's what I tend to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3% of you think that he's a Bajoran prophet. And uh, 40% of you think he's some alien named Carl. Well, you could just just some other as yet unmet, unknown alien, and he happens to be named Carl. And they could pull a cue and they could just say that he's from the Carl continuum and they're all named Carl. It could That's an awful name. I think it's a great name. Why would you like like no offense to Carl's, but like omnipotent, (laughs) like a whole collect like why Carl? Like why would you anyways? Why why not? Chris Riker says Carl is a Time Lord American edition. So that that could be it. Is that a Doctor Who reference that I don't understand? You don't. You don't. I mean, come on, Sorry. Doctor Who's a Time Lord. You don't know at least that. I, that's. I yes, I did. That's why I said is okay. I don't understand the context, but I understand that it was a reference. Okay. All right. All right. Um, oh, oh, and by the way, uh, we we did get a uh, a reply here. Uh, answer to Holly from Sam. He says, "I unfortunately don't often manage to catch you live. Been asleep. Woke just at the right time." So, did you set an alarm, or did you just naturally wake up like us? We need live. to know. We need to know, Sam. So uh, you'll have time while I'm doing the recap. To he's uh, to been here before, though. He's been yeah. here before. That's why I asked. 
I don't often catch you guys live. Thing like you know Tuesdays at three a.m. He's just whoa! Uh, it's time for Mission Log Live. I guess you <laughs> just wake up and watch. So thank you, thank you for joining us, Paul. Paul. Uh, Paul one says poor Holly needs some Doctor Who. Uh, you guys, Doctor Who is older than Star Trek, and I'm a completionist. And if I start watching it, the last time I became obsessed with the franchise, I ended up working for them. Like. <laughs> So? It's, it'll take over my life. I can't. And again, so? I, it, no. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, now is your opportunity, everybody, to uh, to give us a call, whether it's 3 a.m. where you are or a more reasonable hour where you are. Give us a call. Click on the Zoom meeting link. I'm going to read the recap for Terra Firma Part 1, and then we will be back to answer questions, to discuss your comments. I can't wait to hear what people have to say about this episode. So if you'll indulge me, here we go. Terra Firma Part 1. What this show needs is some good old exposition, and we have just the man to do it, David Cronenberg. Emperor Giorgio is sick because traveling in time and across universes will do that to you, just like it did to poor Commander Yor, who suffered until doctors were allowed to have him euthanized. It's just going to get worse with Giorgio as the as her body fights her new reality. David Cronenberg says to let her die while, while Culber uses Discovery's very advanced computer to find an alternate solution. The plan is to take her to the very distant Danis 5, as the computer suggests, where she has a 5% chance of survival. Admiral Vance says to do it, even though the Emerald Chain is heating things up elsewhere. Meanwhile, Giorgio is suffering, and that's making her act out against everyone in sight uh, in the time-honored ways of threatening Burnham with a sword and threatening Tilly with soup. Arriving at Danis 5, there are awkward and maybe heartfelt goodbyes before Giorgio and Burnham beam down into nothing, just a bunch of snow and nothing else. In the downtime, perfect opportunity for Adira and Stamets to keep working. They're onto something when they put pieces together about that distress call. It was a Kelpian ship, and this definitely grabs Saru's attention. The message is more than 100 years old from right before the burn, and that ship was on a mission near what amounts to a dilithium nursery. After getting stuck, they awaited rescue from another ship. Now Discovery will have to find out what happened. Down on Danis 5, we're walking and we're walking and talking and more walking. Finally, they happen across a very odd sight in the middle of all this nothing. A door, a chair, and a guy named Coral. Sorry, wrong franchise. This is just a kindly man named Carl. He's there to completely avoid and obfuscate any and all questions Burnham and Giorgio have. Like, why is there a door here? So she can go through. Uh, what's in there? Uh, Giorgio's condition is getting worse. With answers not forthcoming, she walks through the door right into the mirror universe. Hey, it's Emperor Giorgio and the whole gang again. Evil Owo, Captain Killy, Evil Detmer, Evil and Alive Burnham. Giorgio has arrived in her own universe on the very day that Lorca and Burnham had plotted to kill her and overthrow her reign. Also happens to be the day that the Terran flagship Charon was christened. So now the Emperor is acting a little strange. 
being forgiving of Kelpians, like this one who is definitely Saru, but not actually named Saru, suspicious of Burnham, maybe being a little soft on those around her. So now in the Terran tradition, the emperor and all her minions will attend a Cirque du Soleil performance that's a recap of Giorgio's greatest hits. It's like the Beatles love, but this one is narrated by Mira Stamets and there's no buffet. The show leads into the unveiling of the Charon. And as Giorgio goes to the stage to make a grand speech about threats to the empire and fear of the future, Stamets sneaks ever so closely He's got a knife pulled, ready to take out Giorgio, but not before she can empty out the blood from his jugular with her own blade. The audience is brought to a standing ovation, sure to rate the show highly on TripAdvisor. But Burnham exits the show first. Her quick jog through the corridors of the ISS Discovery is interrupted by Captain Killy and Giorgio. The Emperor knows what she's up to, that she's in on the plan with Lorca and the late Stamets, Burnham confesses that she conspired with Lorca, that she'd do it again, and now she awaits execution by Giorgio's sword. The emperor swings her blade, but she stops short of causing any real damage as, he shows, as she says to Burnham that she knows how that story ends. Now the future is unwritten. Off Burnham is taken to the agonizer, the end. Any uh, any immediate uh, thoughts or feelings, Holly? On, uh, <laughs> I never on read those before, yeah. just because I want to be surprised in the Trip Advisor, and it's uh, funny. Uh, you know, <laughs> we just, we got to make it relevant. We got to keep it relevant, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, so so Toby, j- just kind of your your gut feelings on uh, on this episode. Obviously, we're only halfway into this mini story, story yeah. arc here, uh, but your immediate feelings about uh, what happened in this week's show. Well, here's the thing. I really enjoy the Mirror Universe. Um, my favorite episode of TOS is the Tholian Web. Um, we're spending a lot of time there, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I have feelings about that. I And definitely I'm going to come back to it because I, maybe unlike you, I don't like the You don't Mirror like the Mirror Universe? universe? I, you no. know what? I don't even think that I like the Tholian Web because it's a Mirror Universe episode. I think I like it just because it's really weird. Mm-hmm. But I, you see, I, do, do you really, do you think of that as a Mirror Universe episode because of the tie-in with Enterprise? Or because I just thought of it as like, oh, here's a weird, you know, Kirk's phasing in and out. But really, we, we don't get a taste of the mirror universe there. You yeah, know, I mean, it's weird. So it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not full on like mirror, mirror. Yeah, in I mean, a mirror that, that's darkly, just, that is like those. I'm like, universe. I could, yeah. Yeah, you know, I could take or leave those. Like, mm. yeah. But See, it, and I also, I, I feel like in this episode, they, they kind of, they almost made a joke out of it where, uh, you know, Culber is there with uh, David Cronenberg and he's just saying, like, yeah, uh, it's the prime universe. He actually says, we're in the prime universe. Then there's the mirror universe. Yeah. Even though with the multiverse theory, there would just be umpteen millions yeah. of them, just an infinite amount of them. But it's, it's like, no, no, there, there's just the one. But then they actually call out the Kelvin universe. They don't they, call it Kelvin. They don't call it Kelvin, obviously, but, but yeah, right, a temporal right. incursion from a Romulan mining ship. That is obviously I the Narada. thought that was so cool. I did too. I like yeah. that they're making connections to the Kelvin universe so often without outright saying 
that it's, I like the Kelvin universe. I know a lot of people don't. I really enjoy the J.J. Abrams films. I think they're fun. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that, that that's all tying in. I mean, of course, Picard tied into it too, which I appreciated. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a nice, here's the thing about those references is that a casual fan that might not be so diehard is to be like, oh, 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 I got that. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's still not going to be like lost on them the storyline itself. Right, um, right. You know, these references will, might go over people's heads who are not as crazy as me, but um, <laughs> they're not going to, they're not going to lose any of the storyline, which is great. See, that, that, that's how I like my references though. I mean, I, I, I like a reference where it's just a line that says, Hey, this thing happened. And then, but, but we're carrying on with our story. Yeah. But we don't have to stop. We don't have to give a ton of information about commander. You are, we don't have to give a ton of information. Uh, we don't have to like name check everything and say like, yeah, that was that Romulan incursion when the Narada came back and blew up the Kelvin and killed George Kirk. It's like, you know, a, a poorly written scene would be that. But in this case, we just have, again, in his dry brilliance, David Cronenberg yeah. just going like, yeah, it was an incursion and this happened. And yeah, here we go. So that, that, that's all I want out of it. Yeah. He's great. He did a, I was reading an interview that he did and he was like, I think they'll keep me, you know, even until like next season because I'm that's local and I'm so- cheap. <laughs> I was like, that's not untrue. Like that's he's from Toronto. So, awesome. so. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so I hope cool. we see more of his character. Um, also last week we were talking about the preview of this week's episode and I was asked if I knew what your was. And I was like, mm. I was actually just paying really close attention to his uniform and he's the Beetle Geysian. So, so uh, okay. Did, did we, is the only other time that we've seen them on screen was that TMP? Isn't there one in the the rec room scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, I okay. mean, they've already been in Discovery, though. Like, we've seen... Oh, oh of course, of course, of course. Right, right but right, before yeah. that, them right. and then um, Linus, Linus's people. Like, we've only... He's Saurian. Yes, yeah, those are good. both from the motion yeah. picture. So yeah, and yeah. we don't really, and like there's one picture of a of a, a Sarian from the motion picture, like head on, right. and that's really all. Yeah. And then they're in that big sequence, and <laughs> it's all blurry, and you can't see very many people. Up. That's look. If we make it through the entire run of Discovery with so much, and I love Linus so much, I think so do he's I. awesome. But if we do not have a reference to like his family making brandy or something, I will be very upset. Again, you don't have to hit me over the head with it. I, I just want some connection. I just want to know that he likes brandy, or you know, yeah, that's all I need. Well, Okay, well, you know, they're making pretty good references, so maybe we'll get that. They are. Maybe we will. Uh, Hey, let's go to our first caller. I believe it is Alan joining us all the way from the Lower Decks. Welcome to the show, Alan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I have to say that uh, in real life, um, uh, my my current situation uh, here in Iowa is much more similar to, what was the planet again? Danis 5? Yeah, just just snow and nothing and one guy in a bowler hat just sitting outside for no reason. Is it really? Is it snowing there? Uh, We, this weekend, yes. Yeah, it was was cold and snowy and very depressing. And uh, all I can say is that I'm happy that I'm at a place with an HOA now. So, Guys, I don't (laughs) like snow. I'm really glad that I grew up in Southern California. I don't... 
Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't miss it. When I came from yeah. Chicago, people said that I would miss seasons like that. I'm like, no, no, I don't think I will. I'm glad to know that it snows elsewhere. I could go see it if I needed to, but I, I mean, that's what I've done. Time. I've I've been in the snow twice in my life, both Big Bear, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy this. Right. It's cold. It's a lot. Like I remember, my friends took me skiing once up in Big Bear, and I was like, "This is too much work." Like the ratio of work to fun is off. Like it's this much work to have this much fun, and I'm not here for it. Right. Yeah. It's it's like uh, it's like eating a Dungeness crab. It's just okay. too much work for that tiny little bit of payoff. I saw That's- snow in Iceland though, and that was okay because okay, was that Iceland. was <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Alan, somebody says um, they they wanted to know if uh, yeah if there's a door and uh, and a Carl where you are. Paul asked that. I I, I think I if you're doing if, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, you should just go. Like, it's attached remove. to my condo, but yes, I have. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it was more easily removable than I would just say go put yeah. it in the snow. Do us all and a I, favor there. But yeah. I want to say I have a bowler hat somewhere and an Uncle Carl, but they're not connected. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Well, what is on your mind about this week's episode? Well, I, I have a feeling that we're going to get into deep conversations about uh, you know Giorgio's character arc and everything going on in the mirror universe. But I got to tell you, I want to talk about that dedication ceremony because that was <laughs> pretty crazy. <laughs> that's um, yeah, I. You know, that's one of those weird things where I, I saw it happening and I was like, well, th- this is a show that takes place a few hundred years in the future and in an alternate universe. Do they, like, should I expect them to have the same or totally different uh, acrobatic tricks than, than we do now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe it's just that the, the classics are hard to kill. I, yeah, I mean, you know, who doesn't love a good aerialist? But, right. Um, and, you know, in the recap, calling it out to, to Cirque du Soleil was was spot on. That's entirely what I what I thought about. And honestly, my dearest hope now is that Vol willing, somehow we get Star Trek <laughs> the experience back because now we have a show. Now you've got a show. Exactly. You're exactly right. Although here's a very important question. In the mirror universe, uh, do our performing artists basically under the same sort of uh, uh, expectations that the military is too. So like, do you have to kill the dance captain in order <laughs> to get a better role? Like to have your name move up in the credits at all? Like, is that- Oh my God, that's dark. It, it really, it's, 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 it's a mirror universe. <laughs> it gives yeah. break a leg a whole different connotation. Ah! It's like showgirls just all the time. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. Given, given what we know about how everyone else in the mirror universe is portrayed, Showgirls is definitely on point. Yes, that, is, that has to be how it is. And <laughs> just you know, and I, I, I even liked like the audience reaction because it was kind of like this mix of like, we've got to be here. <laughs> We're not really interested to sort of polite applause and, you know, just absolutely perfect for, for how that was received. I love the poetry, all of it. 
I just I, I like the idea that at least in the mirror universe, which is very much a monoculture where it's just military, yeah. just killing each other all the time. Now we have a bit of diversity. We we have people who are artists in the mirror universe as well. By the way, Carlos in the chat is uh, calling for a mirror universe, all that jazz. Where, where I guess Roy Scheider is just like he only eats health food and he lives. <laughs> I guess that's, that's how that works in, sure, in that one. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he also says, uh, or Chris Riker says, showbiz backstabbing, not a euphemism. It's, the, uh, it's oh, no. not. I did musical theater yeah. for 15 years and I remember I was in a show in my senior year of high school. It was the first professional show I was in and a girl uh, hurt her ankle and I had to replace her at last minute. And I remember her telling people that like, I was a horrible person that had taken her part. And I was like, I wasn't even there. You landed a leap wrong in one of the shows and twisted your ankle. And they just called me to replace you. Like, how is that? Oh, and, and everybody I was so offended. You, you, stuck, you stuck with that story for how many years now? <laughs> I didn't go up on stage and like... <laughs> I was, I was not, I was not, I feel like I was not a backstabber when I did theater. Oh, no. No, I mean. What, uh, what else, Alan? What what, what about this uh, episode? Yeah. I, you know, again, sort of dialing back a little bit to the discussion of references, I think I really liked the way that, that they introduced this character of Carl, who or whatever, they are um, because I, I think it very well could have been real easy for them to to be like some might know me as Gary or Carl eight. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, or, or yeah. Or like, perhaps you have heard of us. The Q can, you know, yeah. <laughs> what like do you, I mean, there is, there's still a level of mystery, but what do you think that he, I mean, cause they're going strong to the hoop for guardian. I, I voted alien named Carl. Oh, but. did you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, he's his but own thing, man. He's, he's his own thing. I will say that that definitely the bowler choice is a very strong, very strong look for a mysterious alien. It's got good uh, Mixel Pitlicks energy mm. to it. And, yeah. You know, Can we... like space imp. Yeah. Can we talk about the references on the newspaper? I didn't get a good look at the. Uh, I didn't get a good look at the the newspaper. So clue me in. <laughs> okay, so oh, take it away, the newspaper. So oh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm like. I'm like that meme of connecting the dots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so Carl's newspaper is an edition of the Star Dispatch, which we actually see in the city on the edge of forever. The Star Dispatch is actually a generic fictional newspaper that was seen. Uh, like carrying headlines and stuff in a whole bunch of different stuff in the 40s and 50s. So it also appeared, I had to write it down, um, in All the King's Men in 1949 and Batman and Robin in, in 1949 and in Bewitched, which wow. that's freaking cool. Hey, okay, cool. so it contains, the newspaper that he's holding contains references to the Tacon Supernova, which is from TNG's Last Outpost, the disappearance of a ship that was in TNG's Relics, uh, the Janolan, uh, 21st Street Mission, which is obviously City on the Edge of Forever, Worf winning the Batleth competition, which is from Parallels. Nice. Um, and the quotes, Let Me Help, City on the Edge of Forever. 
Um, and then there's there is something that says good soup, and that's from um, Enterprise's Strange New Worlds. And then there's Vulcan script, there's Bajoran script, and then the newspaper is dated 3188, which is when Burnham arrives in the future. Mind blown. That is, that is so cool. I love Did I sway you to think too. that it's the Guardian now? Because if, if it's not the Guardian, then they're doing this on purpose to make us think that it's the Guardian. That's, that's right. some, that is some good sleuthing. I'm going <laughs> to... If I had my bowler hat with me, I would I would tip my hat to you because that is some good stuff. Now, it's interesting. Um, Sam in the chat says, Carl's mannerisms and choice of words was so John Delancey's cue. That was not a coincidence. So we, we got people uh, fighting back here. But Paul, Paul says, I know I'd seen the star dispatch before. So that's very good. Sort of like having a 555 number in. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm, that's in, in exactly what it's the like. The star dispatch it's... is that one. Yeah. That's so cool. Hey, Alan, uh, we, we got a few more callers lined up. So if you've got a uh, parting thought for us, we'll uh, we'll hear that from you and then we'll go to our next caller. Um, just that, uh, you know, I think I'm kind of uh, in the middle of you guys in terms of the Mirror Universe. I was not expecting to enjoy coming back to it so soon after season one. And, uh, you know, I'm recently caught up on discovery so it's not been three years for me it's been just you know maybe five or five or six months or so Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever whenever i first signed up i just started binging um but you know i i think this was good i think it was earned uh it's a little goofy but it always is with the mirror and um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how it wraps up very cool. Very well, thank you so much for calling in tonight, Alan. We will see you again soon. No problem. All right. Take care. Bye. And uh, next up, we have Dave, Dave Taylor, who is standing by. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Good. Hey, welcome. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you have a Will Ferrell elf shirt? On? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm usually at work. When this is on, so this is a first for me to be able to call in. Hi. Welcome. Very (laughs) awesome of you to join us. Well, what did you think of this week's episode, and uh, what thoughts do you have for us? Eh, So much going on in this (laughs) season. I just don't know know that we need a two-episode detour into the Mirror Universe. Do you? Maybe um, they'll pull around and pull it into the season but it just seems like what are we doing over here well also keep in mind that we know that that Giorgio is supposed to be in the section 31 spinoff and this could absolutely be a setup for that very true mm-hmm. i just That's, the whole time just, I, I mean i love when they get to play around it just seems like to me it's just like why <laughs> so, i think it's just because they're setting it up but i mean i get it it's sort of out of left field right I mean, I, I love, you know, back when they had 26 episodes, these were great. But when they have such a short, you know, seasons like they do. Right. That yeah. just, that's yeah, just me. So, <laughs> no, no, it's not just you. I get it. I mean, you know, 13 episodes and we're spending now the majority of two of them in the mirror universe. And so close I feel, to the end as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So and and, and I, I like I get that there are loose ends that need to be tied up and what are we doing with Giorgio and how are, what is her arc going to be? But um, I'm like you, I just don't need that much time in the mirror universe. To to me, it's like, um, 
it's like an olive garden. Like, like I know that it exists. I've been there. I don't need to go back. And I certainly don't need to know all the inner workings of how it comes together. Like, like oh my it's, God. Only, it's only <laughs> utility for me it is as a comparison to other things that are better. The Olive you know? Garden is so offended right now. That's that doesn't they, hate, they can come at there. Me. <laughs> What's that? Don't you know your family there? Come on. <laughs> no, no, not my family. <laughs> they they can come after me, man. Olive Garden can come right after me. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I just, it, like, it just seems like we're spending an inordinate amount of time there. And it doesn't really serve, like, yes, they have their own politics. They have their own drama. They, they have their clearly, you know, very violent uh, method of doing things. But, you know, go back to TOS, go back to Mirror Mirror. It was just there as this moment to serve a story for our main characters and just present a contrast and leave us this little hopeful message like, oh, wait, if there's this one good element, this one good person in there, Spock potentially, can actually change things, turn things around, fine. Then, then I'm good. I'm good to go back to our universe with our Kirk and see things play out there. Don't need to go back. It's okay. Because pretty much what we learn about the Mirian universe is that people kill each other constantly, which may also be true backstage in an Olive Garden. I don't know. I don't know that it doesn't happen there. So Backstage? You know, yeah. Well, you know, okay. back of All house. Right. Back of house, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, what, but yeah, so Dave, I'm I'm there with you. I'm just not a big uh, uh, Mirror Universe fan, but I'm hoping I'm hoping that this two episode arc serves a purpose, puts some finality on this, and then we can actually move on because I mean, the they, finality we would have gotten in season one didn't happen because we got to keep Empress Giorgio. I mean, a lot of people are super excited about Lorca potentially coming back, though, and I can't say I disagree with them. Yeah, I mean, I do they, love they, they do say that it's getting further apart, so maybe this is yeah. the last time. Maybe, mm-hmm. and hopefully the writers have tied it in. That's just my hope: is something big happens there, and they cross over, and something actually impacts this season, rather than just "Ooh, that was fun. These guys right. are crazy. Let's kill right. everybody." <laughs> right, right. But do you think, and this maybe speaks to a bigger issue, like is this a thing with Star Trek, though, where you have the the dual problem of like you have to write shows that attract an audience. You also have to write shows and stories that tie into the expectation of fans. And I feel like there's a real danger there where you bring in a writer or maybe a writer who is or was a fan and they go, ooh, there's this one specific thing about the Star Trek universe that I just want to dive into and spend all my time there. I don't know if that necessarily makes for the best storytelling. It it can, maybe, but um, of all the corners of the Star Trek universe to explore, uh, if somebody handed me the keys of the kingdom, I, I don't think I would pick the mirror universe as being that thing, you know? That's that's where you have to have a good showrunner to keep you focused throughout a season. Because otherwise, yeah, you do get sidetracked. Right. (laughs) Being into those fan corners. I mean, not to bring up the other star, but Star Wars tended to get all confused with, like, that last movie that we had is just pure, this is what the fans want. We're going to give it to them. Let's get the heck out of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, yeah, there is a fine line between fan service and, I, I, 
appreciate references, but if there's too much fan service, like it takes me out of out of the show too. So, yeah. and that's coming from somebody who is hardcore on the deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, or or you know what? Maybe it's because it, it, I, I don't know specifically who came up with this plotline or who decided to revisit this, but it, it could even be the other thing, which is. Um, maybe uh, a cursory understanding of Star Trek, and you go, okay, what are the iconic things? Okay, well, uh, the iconic things are the Borg. Well, we've done the Borg a lot, so we're not going to do that again. Uh, One of the iconic things is the Mirror Universe. Everybody remembers the Mirror Universe. Therefore, we will squeeze that in here, too, because in our understanding of Star Trek, that is a standout iconic thing. It's not Star Trek unless we put that in there. I still tend to think that this is a setup for Section 31, in which case it would have been Bowie and Erica making the decision as to how it happens because they're the creators of Section 31 and they're the ones that are writing it. I could be wrong. Maybe this isn't a setup. Maybe they really did just want to go back into the mirror universe for funsies. But I tend to think that anything that was going to be Georgia this season was going to be a setup for 31. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do disagree we, with you. Do that. we need the Borg in the mirror universe? Would that make you happy? Oh, <laughs> no. Would the Borg be no. really nice? Would they be really nice? <laughs> they would teach us how to be oh. nice. Yeah. They would teach us individuality. Right. That That's what the Borg would do in the mirror universe. Like all of these like terra firma, like adhering to this, like strict, we would be taught individuality by the Borg. That's what mirror Borg, somebody write that. <laughs> oh my God. There you go, John, get on it. I love it. I love it. Dave, uh, we, we got all a couple right. more callers standing by. Any other thoughts tonight before we uh, no, say goodnight no, to you? All good. Okay. So, well, hey, thanks for calling in. Pleasure to see you and, uh, and, and do it again. Don't, uh, don't make yourself a stranger. Okay. If my boss will let me. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, we will get to those next callers here. And just we got Casey, we got Dom, we got uh, John standing by. But uh, really quickly, before we get into that, we do have a little bit of business to take care of from our friends over at Eagle Moss Hero Collector and the Star Trek Bookshop. Now, while Mission Log listeners are undoubtedly familiar with the various collections of model starships, see those behind me, gleaned from every corner of the Star Trek universe by Eagle Moss Hero Collector, you may not be as familiar with the wide and ever-expanding variety of officially authorized special edition books published by Eagle Moss and available online at the Eagle Moss shop. Fans who pay a visit to the exclusive Star Trek bookshop at herocollector.com slash books will discover a range of definitive visual guides that go as deep into Star Trek history and canon as any books ever published, each extensively researched and developed by Eagle Moss Hero Collector under the supervision of Star Trek expert Ben Robinson. Books from the Star Trek Shipyard series presents a timeline of almost every ship that has ever appeared in the Star Trek TV shows and movies. From the original series, Forward to Discovery, Backwards to Enterprise, some of these volumes are dedicated exclusively to Starfleet ships, while others focus on ships from other members of the Federation, including the Vulcans, the Andorians, Tellarites, and the Bajorans. Books in the Designing Starship series boldly go where few have gone before, deep behind the scenes into the conception, development, and detail of ships from every era. There are even volumes from the comprehensive official Star Trek graphic novel collection. Hey, by the way, really quickly in the chat, uh, just to jump into this, uh, Sam says uh, for the Borg, the Miraborg resistance is optional. And then uh, Chris says that Miraborg operate in the Olive Garden. So while you're contemplating that, I will show you very quickly. I love this, that uh, Eagle Moss 
sent the Star Trek Voyager book, and boom, right here for you, Holly. This is the uh, Astrometrics Lab yeah. chapter. Yeah, right? Because that was a very cool set. And uh, they even they show the placement of those weird triangular stools, you know, those little yeah. chairs that just look very uncomfortable. They those All, all the chairs in the future look uncomfortable. They do, yeah, yeah, which is why Riker sits on them. So weird. Uh, <laughs> this tells you how it all works. So uh, just one of the many things to be learned from the official Eva Moss book, Star Trek Voyager book. So uh, there is literally something for every Star Trek fan of every generation. Plus, especially for friends of Mission Log Live, use the code MISSION10 at checkout to get 10% off all books and graphic novels. To browse around the shop, visit herocollector.com slash books and use the promo code MISSION10 at checkout for your 10% discount. All right, so waiting patiently, we have Casey uh, floating above, uh, are, are you above Earth? That's Let's Earth. Where are you? Okay, but wait. You can see, you yeah. can see Italy. I, I, he's it's, tiny. It, it's actually near Earth. It's, uh, oh. Oh, there you go. It's just flipped around. Are you, no, I thought you I'd know, do a little... you know who you look like? You look uh, like Nagila. Q from the first episode? Oh, no. Hey. No, you look like Nagilam from Where hey. Silence Has Leaves. Okay, nice. rude. Rude. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Just paint your face silver. <laughs> I have to be like, I love it. It's oh, awesome. Uh, by the way, if you want to know what the uh, the Borg look like uh, in the mirror universe, I don't know if you guys can see this image, but um, oh god, wait, Captain EO, Captain EO, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so all they need is all they need is love and dancing. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's I guess, first of all, that's all any of us need. Really. It's true, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh man, so I got a little cosmic uh, here with you guys because uh, th- that's the most ex- honestly, this is the most exciting uh, part of the season so far. Is Carl? Um, mm-hmm. oh. I don't know. I don't know if he's Norganian. I don't know if you know he's he's a Q. I kind of am hoping he's not a Q, just because I don't know. There's lots of like really powerful. Uh, evolved races out there. Um, but, I feel like uh, we've like, done. It was like the mirror universe. I feel like, and the door thing is kind of like very IQ, you Iconian. Know? You know, like yeah, 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 Iconian. yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the mirror universe. I wasn't expecting that. And and they're like, oh, okay, she's she's going to the mirror universe and she's staying there the whole rest. of Okay, it's a wonderful life, I guess. Um, right. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I don't know where they're going with that. I don't know if they're going for like, a, they're going to make her like a, a quantum leap kind of bouncing through through time Ooh. and dimension. Oh. That would be an interesting thing. Okay. Um, and then we but, could bring uh, back Scott Bakula. I know. I know. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I was going to say. If Lorca comes back, then with Lorca and Gray, we'll have like a weird like uh, crossover with the OA. If you've seen that, <laughs> you know, that'd be cool. But uh, no, I, I'm stoked because I was just thinking to myself, uh, you know, it's been so long since in Star Trek we've seen something just kind of kooky and out there and like way above the pay grade of uh, our heroes. Uh, that's not just like a big world eating cloud or something. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, with like the Metrons or or the Organians, like that was a big part of the original series. And I'm like, why don't we see that anymore? And then Carl showed up. And I'm like, yes, yes, something spooky's going on. And I love it. it it's so. nice on a show that uh, obviously has a big budget, obviously has a lot of production value, that it is throwing 
a lot at you every week. It's so nice when it just slows down and yeah. lets the weirdness kind of settle yeah. for a moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Although, speaking of weird, uh, the whole <laughs> the whole thing about the uh, uh, what Lieutenant Commander Yor, um, yeah, uh, yes, that's, yes, that's kind of weird because it's like, okay, he's from the year twenty three seventy nine, which is like Star Trek Nemesis, but yep. it's in the Kelvin yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. So, and he's explicitly a time soldier. So mm-hmm. he just, I guess, he was on a mission to our universe in the season one era of next gen and he got made a wrong turban at albuquerque or something yeah yeah like, right. he ended up right. like oh uh, this is not where i wanted to be and uh, i'm dying a painful horrible death right so, yes yeah. i mean weird. Weird. i actually oh. found that storyline and i don't it's not even really a storyline it was just no, like, like a, a snippet a, like a small it, thing. to support the georgia storyline but that and what's going on in the nebula is what i'm yeah, and like like what's up with like the, the little mark on the head? Because I felt like that was a little red herring to have mm-hmm. Tilly be like, oh, it's radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Saru just kind of blew her off. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, radiation Well, poisoning. I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's really distracted by the facts that they're Kelpians, right? Because at the end, he's like, oh, my God, they're Kelpian. Like, he's yeah. just... Um, I found out something about the Veruban Nebula that I don't think anybody else knows. So <laughs> oh. I'm going to put this fact out to the world. Oh, sure. Um, yes. So... A lot of you who like follow me on Twitter and stuff and have been watching the show know that one of my best friends is the NASA Mohawk guy, Bob Ekferdosi. Uh, he works at the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena here in California. Um, he is a really big fan of Vera Rubin, who was an astronomer. She passed uh, away in 2016. So he's yeah. watching the, that this episode, um, or actually he was watching Sanctuary and then it obviously is in this episode too, but he texts me and he says, is, is the nebula named after Vera Rubin? And I was like, it's likely. So she's responsible for the, our idea of dark matter, right? Because she she's responsible for a were... lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. she was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. So I actually know the writer of the Sanctuary. It, his name's Brandon Schultz. Um, I interacted with him when I worked at CBS and I messaged him on Facebook and was like, hey, is it named after her? And he messaged me back and verified that, yes, it is named after her. It was a suggestion of the show's science advisors and he found a way to work it in for the sanctuary. And that's who the nebula is named after. That's how rad. cool. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, uh, by the way, uh, uh, similar to our conversation, uh, Jim here in the chat says, I would love Carl to be a Metron. See, I, I it, like, I, I love stuff like that. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd yeah. be a rad callback because those guys never get any love or like all this weird stuff happened. Right. You know, right. If so, he does end up being the guardian, I wonder, I mean, Harlan Ellison is gone, but I, if he ends up being Guardian of Forever, I'd kind of want to be like, what would Harlan have thought of that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But it, and it is the Guardian a, a, a person or just a, a physical, like a, a, a machine or what, you know, we, we don't really know any 
depth about what that is. No, because so. even in City on the Edge of Forever, it's like it's not clear about what he's like. What did it say? Like I am man, not man, or not much. Like he just was very vague, which is also a thing that like Carl is doing. He's being super vague. He's just like they're asking right. him questions and they're giving. He's like giving them puns. Like it's a cute portal. It's adorable, and right, I think that that's. Right. I was like, I actually laughed out loud, but like he's also being like really vague about it. Yeah, which uh, the original guardian? I, I think it's the guardian, but I feel like that might be too obvious. Are they trying wanna, to trick me into thinking be, that's what it is? I want him to be Lucian from the. Uh, yeah, the, you're the damn Vegas right. Two. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Friend uh, Giorgio. <laughs> That'd be amazing. By the way, Chris says uh, Harlan is gone, but he'll still sue. So uh, you're probably. <laughs> Probably not wrong. I love that. And Dave, Dave says Holly's knowledge knows no bounds. And you would uh, that be was absolutely just, right, Dave. I yes. mean, that was just, that was actually not even, it didn't even occur to me. It was when Bobak texted me. I was like, oh, now I want to know. And I messaged Brandon. Right. That's um, so cool. Now everybody knows. Like, now I share the knowledge with the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, oh hey, uh, uh, you want one last fact. They mentioned yeah, yeah. Um, Kepler 174D. Oh, yes. Yes, they did. That is a real exoplanet, and it is the first one that's ever mentioned in Star Trek. Oh, right on. How cool. Okay, that's that's the end of my facts for the evening. <laughs> Love it. Casey, any uh, any last thoughts here? We've we got a couple uh, more callers. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when they're having the big uh, goodbye to Giorgio scene where uh, uh, people are giving hugs and, and uh, accolades mm-hmm. to each other, uh, did anyone else really want her to like just look at Saru and just say, you know, I'm really sorry I ate you, and uh, yeah. I'm really sorry that I I made Michael Burnham eat you as well. Yes, uh, just yeah, getting the sorry. Absolutely, should have said that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be in the novels. Don't worry. It was it's a so missing dark. scene. Yeah, it's really <laughs> twisted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great night, you guys. Casey, Thank thanks you. so much. Take care. Have a great one. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Nagilam. <laughs> and uh, next up on the show, hey, it's Dominic, uh, all the way from Stovacor. Welcome, Dominic. Hey, How are you? Yes. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? It's going good. Excellent. Oh, God, I love, I love your background. <laughs> We're just going to hang out you. on Shuttlecraft. Yes. I got my single malt. Oh, oh, nice. Wow. Wow. In a very vintage. Uh, Wait, hold on. I want to see. Yeah, we got to see that. That is old as hell. That was a gift from my son. What? That's awesome. That is so I just have my holiday rack to Gino, which is not officially <laughs> Star Trek, but I pretend like it is. I love it. Love it. Yes. So uh, what do you think, Dominic? Well, I, I've been thrown for a loop. I love this episode. Uh, the Metrones, that really got me. Thinking mm-hmm. about that, it could be the Metrones. I just like that we're taking all these ideas. Wouldn't it be a little early for the Metrones though? Because they said a few thousand years, more than that. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. They did. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I think it'd be yeah. too early too. Mm-hmm. They were so sassy and fabulous. And they were just like, it's going to be a couple thousand years. So I don't think we're. Ah, uh, uh, but did but did Discovery change that whole thing by simply by the act of going forward in time? Are the Metrons going to change their timeline too? I don't know. We, we can hope. I like thinking yeah. that uh, it could be a Q, and then I thought of the guy in the Jeep. The guy in the Jeep. 
the guy in the Jeep? <laughs> Wait, who's the guy in the Jeep? Why I hope you I... Went, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me the episode. It's the one with um, Sarah Silverman. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that's the episode okay. with JPL in it. Uh, there you go. Uh, right yeah. On. Oh, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good episode. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I love that episode. I I'm, can't wait for Mission Log to get to Voyager. Well, well, so soon. We'll be there so soon. <laughs> Not really soon. It's like a year. I like the, the, like the last episode, too. I like oh, Soldier of Fortune a lot. Um, it's just something about the Klingon episodes that it's like there's certain things that I like, certain things that I don't like, but it's a lot of fun. And when they when I first saw them going to the Mirror Universe, I was like, uh. I mean, I yeah. think there's no such thing as bad Star Trek. There's just some's better than others. And okay. when I first saw that Mary, Mary Universe, I was kind of with you. I was like, uh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, everybody's talking about the LA episode. Guys, it's called Future's End. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, no, but I love, but David says, you know, we call it the LA episode. The LA episode, yeah. Star Trek Four is the one with the whales. That's, you know, that's yeah. just how you refer to those things. Yeah. She has a, Sarah Silverman has a Telosian in that episode. You can see it. She does. On she her also. Computer. She also has a picture of the Botany Bay in her office. That oh, I didn't she. know. Okay. Oh, she does, cool. yeah. But it's actually like a, it's a Botany Bay, like it launching, but it's never been like in canon. It's on like a, a I think it's on a book jacket for mm. one of the novels. Anyways. Very That's cool. a deep dive. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know it. we have an, another caller, so I'm I'm fine to move on. Uh, the well, Georgia I was going to ask stuff, you if there- yeah, yeah. What, what are, any other thoughts about tonight's episode? A little bit have? about Giorgio being like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like hurt people hurt. I mean, they were saying she wants to go out in a blaze of glory. It's mm-hmm. just the throwing of the soup. She was just too too sassy for me. She's very Klingon, isn't she? Like, Terrans are super Klingon, <laughs> especially in terms of, like, death. Like, that's a note that I made. It's like, must die like a, a like a good uh, a death that matters and, like, honor. And I was like, uh, Terrans are Klingons, man. Yeah, I like that he was like, um, the more the better, you know. She'll go out in a blazing glory and the more the better. That was fun to me, but she's just, I didn't like the soup at all. That really bothered me, and she's just had <laughs> snappy comebacks. And I'm just, I, I see, love I, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I, I do too, and, and I just wonder, like, you know, were we getting, and well, to me, I think that we were making Giorgio too two-dimensional, where it's just always snappy comeback, always fight scene. And I hope that what we're getting here is the setup to give her a bit more dimension, give her some redemption, and then move on. So it's not just the same thing week after week, you know, for yeah. however much longer or wherever we see her again. But I mean, you don't think that that commentary on her, the ma- you don't think it's because she's, like, scared? I do, Maybe. but I mean, you know, but, but she's been so resistant to everything. But she had no reason to be scared in the mirror universe because she held all the power. She could, she could kill anybody. No, what I'm talking to. about her being in prime and starting to like lose her ability to even pick up a glass of wine, which quite frankly is tragic. Sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she's scared. Like you even yeah. said in the, in your, uh, in the recap that like she's acting out because she's because she's yeah. scared i do i do agree with you that it's getting i mean i even made a note that was like giorgio is so mean to tilly why like <laughs> it it does feel a little bit um unnecessary but i i think that's part of what they're they're what they're trying to say about her 
current situation is that she's sure. scared. Well, but there's a long, proud history of throwing soup in Star Trek. That's canon. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. I'm excited. So, yes, yes. Hey, Dom, thank you so much. Uh, nice to see you. Appreciate all the uh, comments on the episodes and our Facebook. Uh, keep them coming. All right. Thank and you. Here again. All right. Right on. Cheers. Cool. Cheers. Take care now. All right, and uh, wrapping up tonight's show, we are happy to welcome back John Arminio. From the um, Red Room. From the hey. Red Room. Hey, how's it going tonight? I'm well, Mr. Champion. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing Excellent. okay. And how are you doing, Holly? I'm having a blast with all of awesome. these references. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so what is on your mind tonight? I The more we... Sp- in the mirror universe, the more it frustrates me because it's clear that this society could not even like achieve a warp technology or space flight or any sort of industrialized you know, technology. I because they would have all killed too. each other. Yes. I think yeah. about that too, especially watching like In a Mirror Darkly and then like having Cochran like shoot the first contact Vulcans. Yeah. Um, I was like, how, would they have even come down to talk to us? Like, I don't think they would. I feel the same way about our species now. Like, if there's aliens, they're yeah. like, no, we got, they're not ready. <laughs> we'll you know, at least Klingons, you know, they have, they love poetry. They love, you know, drinking and song, and they love to laugh. But, you know, Terrans are just, like, so one note. And, like, we're getting depth from Giorgio in the fact that she's, like, sublimating her insecurities and insults, but... Like, that's it, and that's only because she's been in the Prime universe. You know what I think the the issue is? And I, I feel like the original Mirror Mirror episode was an allegory. Yeah. As a lot of Roddenberry's stuff was. And, I mean, a lot of Star Trek is still a- uh, allegories. But, um, you know, Mirror Mirror aired when he was still in control of things. Um, I think taking an allegory like that and expanding on it is could be problematic and that's what we're seeing now is it's just like this was supposed to be like a short statement on societies that are like that i mean you know like nazi germany and stuff like that i don't know why i'm saying quiet as if it's a bad word um (laughs) but i think that taking that allegory and expanding on it as much as the universe has you know in a mirror darkly and stuff like that is like yeah it's starting to get a little bit tiresome because that's all that they do yeah and i think the scene that I really liked in this episode was um, uh, Admiral Vance telling Saru, no, you need to go save your Mm. crewmate. Because I think, yeah, uh, like, Oded Fair, he's been killing it in every scene he's in because he really has to walk the line of being, you know, a hard ass, but also not being a bad moral. Um, And... Mm. we see that he has empathy for the discovery and for the people who are, you know, 900 years in the discovery's future, the, the Federation that's left and the burden that's on his shoulders. And so I think that scene, you know, as short as it is, is so effective in showing what real leadership can do and what it could look like and how dysfunctional and abhorrent the mirror universe's version of leadership is. And if we had more time in this episode with Vance, I think that contrast could have been maybe better better elucidated, maybe. 
Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it was a cool scene with uh, Vance and Saru because, as we talked about before on this show, you know, Saru's arc becoming a leader and becoming yep. a captain, he, he really has this different vibe from other Starfleet captains that we've met. And it's nice to see him learn something that wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a failing. It was just like a realization. It was a, a different perspective that needed to be handed to him by somebody who had been around a little longer, been in this leadership yeah. position a little bit longer. And it was cool. It was just such a, it was the right moment for an episode like this and for Saru in particular. Um, I'm going to go back to something that uh, you both were saying about the mirror universe. And I feel like it, it definitely speaks to, you know, what I was talking about earlier, where you, you sort of, you take a writer and you say, here, go write Star Trek. And then you have this massive universe, but what am I going to fixate on? to make my episode about, well, if it's the mirror universe, I feel like there's not enough there, there. Whereas Star Trek has done very well with developing some other cultures over time. You know, we talk about yep. Klingons being very one note for a long time, but go into later next gen, go into DS9, we're really seeing a lot more complexity, uh, many more facets to their personality. Cardassians, I feel like from the beginning, they just decided we're going to have this very complex uh, social structure, this very complex government, and that made them very believable right from the beginning because it wasn't all just one thing. Like, they all kill each other, which is really all that we get about the Terrans. Right. Even in this episode, as they all kill each other, which then goes back to your thing, John. How in the hell could they have survived beyond you know, stone knives and bear skins? Yeah. 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 And if I could just, you know, plug uh, a version of Star Trek that does this really well. The comic series Star Trek Year 5 um, has been expanding on the Tholians in a really interesting and beautiful way in showing how um, they can be really barbaric and cruel and closed-minded, but how like empathetic and you know close interaction with humans and other species um, they can learn to understand each other, and you get this different perspective on a species that's so alien um, to, to humans. And it's really, really fascinating. And and just the way they talk to each other, the way they're able to find a way to communicate, um, and it just shows how how much you can get from like expanding on different species and different elements of the original Trek. And I feel like you know, just going to the mirror universe to kill each other because it's it's fun to see them in different uniforms is like, yeah, like we've said, it's not bad, but I just feel like Discovery could be giving us so much more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well said, John. Really appreciate it. Thank you for calling in as always. And we'll do this again, okay? Awesome. Right. Thank, you. Thank, night. Uh, thank you. With that said, and uh, thank you, Holly. And uh, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by the inviolate Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash missionlog, accessories by cufflingsinc.com. Thanks to everyone who joined us live or later. Stay safe, stay healthy. We look forward to talking with you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com the Roddenberry Podcast Network.